Shalom everyone, this is Amir Tsarfati. I really hope that you can hear me now. I think I gave half of my breaking news uh, without audio. Uh, can you hear me? Uh, let me see if you, can you tell me if you can hear anything? Finally, yes, sound good. All right. So Shalom everyone, it's Amir. Maybe I wasn't smiling enough. So... The computer decided this guy should not even talk. You shouldn't hear him. So here I am, I guess, happier. And uh, shalom again. It's Amir from our, my office in Galilee. And uh, can you indicate that I have uh, sound? Um, because I would love to hear, uh, to know that you guys can hear me. So uh, basically... I wanted to give you breaking news on uh, three, four things that happened over the last few days and try to explain what they all mean in light of Bible prophecies. Super important because uh, I'm not in agreement with some interpretations uh, and, I, and I want also to explain why. So um, if it's working now, uh, Yes, there is sound. Good, good. So, shalom again. It's Amir Tsalfati. I'm from Galilee. And um, let me just say that um, we just uh, 30, 40 minutes ago, an Israeli UAV striked in the Golan Heights um, on the Syrian side, and uh, <clears throat> we killed someone very important over there. I'm not going to elaborate on who it is. He knows he's gone. But I will tell you that uh, the Israeli um, generals over the last few days, for the first time, freely talked about the Iranian entrenchment in two areas. One is in Syria, and one is in the Red Sea. The Israeli defense minister, Benny Gantz, said that there's a very abnormal presence abnormal presence of Iran in the Red Sea. Uh, several Iranian Revolutionary Guards ships are there, and apparently they are feeding the Somalis, the Somali terrorists with weapons. That's the expertise of the Iranians. They want to keep their hands clean, so what they do, they create proxies all around and feed them and then send them to do their dirty job. That brings me, of course, to Hezbollah in a few seconds and talk about what happened this Saturday um, on the Mediterranean when three Hezbollahs made their way to the Israeli gas rig, gas rig, uh, Karish. And I'll tell you all about it in a few seconds. But I do want to tell you, folks, I do want to tell you that... Um, you know, quite a few people suggest that, um, you know, here we are, there's going to be a regional war shortly between Israel and all of its neighbors. And they say that Psalm 83 has to be uh, fulfilled. And, and if you've been following me for the longest time, you know I'm strongly opposing that interpretation. And only because I believe that that prophecy has been fulfilled in the wars of independence prior to Israel becoming a superpower of energy and a strong military power in the region. 
you know, if you read carefully Psalm 83, you can see that all the countries that are being described there are countries that either we had wars with them and they were defeated, or we had wars with them, they were defeated, and they don't even almost in a way exist anymore. So we have peace with Jordan and Egypt, and Syria and Lebanon cease to literally function as sovereign countries. They are in a state of dysfunctional uh, format right now, and they desperately need help from different, different countries. So the last thing they have in mind is a war with Israel, just so you understand. If you really carefully re read Psalm 83, you understand that all the description is on the first tier of countries around us, whereas Ezekiel war is the second tier. All the countries that do not border with Israel, they've never tasted defeat from the God of Israel yet, and they will. But I do want to tell you, folks, that as far as Iran is concerned, and that will take me to Hezbollah in a few seconds. From documents that were leaked and from sources on the ground, we believe that Iran is stalling right now all the talks, nuclear talks, to buy more time before they will have to turn on the cameras and let everybody supervise them. Iran has been enriching uranium to unparalleled levels that enables them to have right now enough enriched uranium for about five nuclear bombs. Make no mistake, what is left right now for Iran is a decision to create the bomb. They don't lack the enriched uranium anymore. They need to put it together. They need a decision to put it together. And that's it. And, uh, and this is why Israel is hitting and striking hard on those who are involved in the plan to the, and the plan is is the plan to put together you know the rockets and the uh, way to convey the, the nuclear uh, asset all the way to its target now let me explain also that Israeli generals were, have been talking about the entrenchment in Syria not only in the Red Sea we've had unparalleled number of rockets and drones that were smuggled from Iran via Iraq into Syria. Wait, and some of them are waiting to be smuggled into Lebanon. In the government uh, under, uh, led by Netanyahu, you used to hear from me almost twice a week that Israel was striking in Syria. We had car blanche from Putin to do that because Putin did not feel threatened by Israel then. We also had car blanche because there was a great chemistry between Netanyahu and Putin. Then came the government of change, and everything changed, including the fact that the Arabs decided that they're strong enough to bring Israel down. But also, the Russians realized that we're not as strong as we used to be politically, and maybe it's not a good thing to allow us to do what we need to do and what we want to do in Syria. And that started minimizing our activity in, in the skies of, Iran, of Syria to <clears throat> the minimum. But now, um, let me explain <clears throat> that I repeatedly said that right now in Syria, it's the interest of Russia and Turkey and Iran all together. And this is why if Israel will have to deal with Damascus, Israel will have to also hurt the interest of Russia and Iran and Turkey. That 
is what I believe that which will ignite the fire of Ezekiel 38 war. But I do want you to know, folks, I do want you to know that the war in Ukraine changed everything. And, and, and a lot of people are trying to find the Ukrainian as, war aspect in Bible prophecy. But again, remember, Bible prophecy is not about relations between nations and themselves, but it's about relations between nations and Israel. Remember that. So you can have war in the Americas, war in Asia, war in Europe. But it's the effect of that war on Israel that will be described. For example, the effect of World War II eventually caused the Jewish people to migrate to Israel and establish the state. So we don't read about World War II between America and Japan or between the Allied forces in Germany and all of that. But we do read about how God miraculously saved the Jews from Europe and brought them back to their land. And so you see the stuff that has to do with Israel is being described in the Bible. <clears throat> and so it's interesting because the war with Ukraine brought, of course, Israel to the front row of energy um, uh, substitutes to Russia. Uh, and I'm talking about mostly substitute to the Russian gas to be supplied to Europe. Now, Israel found trillion of cubic feet of gas, and you all know that. The Russians know that also. Israel is exporting it first to its neighbors, to Egypt and Jordan. And without our gas, they won't be able to function. They don't have anything on their own. The Egyptian gas is barely enough for their own consumption. And so right now, um, anything that Europe would want is something that will have to come from Israel, either via Egypt or not. Now, in order to get this gas, we need to drill. In order to drill, we need oil rigs or gas rigs, of course. And the latest rig is Karish. Karish is in Hebrew, uh, shark. Excuse me. Karish is the Hebrew word for shark. We have Leviathan. It's for whale. And we've got Tanin. It's for a, a alligator, crocodile, or dragon in the Bible. And we've got Karish, which is a shark. So we named our um, our gas and oil rigs on the Mediterranean after, we named them after um, sea creatures. Now, let me tell you what happened in the last few years with Lebanon so you understand what happened on Saturday. So Saturday, this Shabbat, I was in bed. <clears throat> I was not feeling well. And uh, just got back from Greece. We had a wonderful, wonderful, in the footsteps of Paul, tour and cruise in Greece and the Greek Isles, and then I got back a little sick, and then what happened is <clears throat> um, I heard a 6.30 a.m. takeoff from the nearby uh, airbase of some F-16s, and we normally don't fly on Shabbat. And so I knew something is off, and shortly after that, I reported on Telegram, and if, trust me, if you don't have Telegram, two-thirds of the important news uh, you will never get, because your media are the Medianites. They will report garbage, but they won't give you the news. And so what happened is Israel destroyed some weapon depots in northern Syria that were ready to be shipped to Lebanon, to Hezbollah. These are important uh, 
parts of important uh, uh, rockets that uh, and drones that we thought that they should not have. But a few hours later, at 3.30 p.m., another takeoff of some F-16s. And that was not the only thing that happened. Some very sophisticated Israeli-made rockets were also fired from a ship. And both the Israeli F-16 fired uh, the rockets that he fired and the ship, the Eilat missile sh uh, ship, the rockets they fired, they basically shot down three Hezbollah unarmed drones. Those drones were flying towards this particular thing. Let me show you. Let me show you this map. Take a look. There's Lebanon and there is Israel, as you can clearly see that. From Le on the border between Israel and Lebanon, you can see three lines that are, sh that are going out. The Israeli line uh, uh, of the border between us and Lebanon, which is, by the way, based on the UN maps. Then there is the Lebanese demand from uh, 2010. And then there is the Lebanese demand from just a few months ago. The Lebanese always add more. Now, why did they add more? Because we found gas in Karish. Take a look. So the Americans decided to mediate and they found out that, you know, if we, between the first Lebanese and the Israeli, if we run a line there, everybody will be happy. Which, by the way, gives the Lebanese more than they should. And Hezbollah says, no, 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 no. We demand everything and therefore, the Israeli oil rig or gas rig Karish is within our territorial water, as you can clearly see. <laughs> when we found gas, suddenly the line moved. Of course, nobody took them seriously. And why? It's because you can't just change the goalpost, uh, you know, whenever you want, just because somebody found something in his own territory. Um, so, of course, the Lebanese already decided, okay, that's, that's probably not a smart thing to ask because no international community will ever agree. But Hezbollah has a mind of its own. Hezbollah is a terrorist organization sponsored, supported, governed, and operated by Iran. This is Iran within Lebanon. And the last thing Hezbollah wants is that Israel and Lebanon will agree on any border. Why? The minute you agree on a border, you basically recognize our border. You recognize our sovereignty on our territory. And remember, Iran doesn't think that the Jewish people should have a square inch from Israel. They, they believe that everything from the north to the south, from the river to the sea, Everything is Arab, is Muslim. Nothing belongs to the Jews. And therefore, the minute any agreement on any border is going to happen, it's basically recognition in Israel, recognition in our sovereignty, recognition in everything that belongs to us also. And Hezbollah, ever since the year 2000, tried to sustain a, a constant defiance and conflict that is not 
always military conflict, but it has to be in the conscience of, of and, and, and in the mind of the Lebanese that Hezbollah's very, very essence is to defend Lebanon from Israel, is to free Palestine from the Jews, is to liberate the land of the Muslims back to the hands of Muslims. This is who they are. And, and so the last thing they want is an agreement between the Lebanese government and the Israeli government, because that will mean we have no reason to fight anymore. You see, terrorists, the minute, the minute you take away from them the reason to fight, they cease to exist because they always must have a reason. They always must have some sort of the fuel that will keep them going on. And that is exactly what happened on Saturday. We shot down those drones and we basically told the Hezbollah that we, we could see them taking off. We saw them flying all the way and we shot them down before they even enter the Israeli uh, economic waters. Now, why is it so important, folks? It's important because you can clearly see that it's no longer a battle about the land and the borders and the religion. It's now moving to a battle about energy. It's a battle about our resources. And I want to take you back to scriptures and show you that in, in, in the book of Ezekiel, the war that should come is a war about financial interests. When the countries that are protesting that war are saying, have you, have you come to take a booty, to, to plunder, to steal? This is what it's all about, stealing, taking plunder. It's about financial gain. And I want to remind you folks that at the moment in Syria, we've got the interest of Russia. Russia just landed last night. And if you're on Telegram, you saw the picture and you saw the, the news. They landed 500 paratroopers in Kamishli, in northeastern Turkey, in northeastern Syria. The Russians, you would think that they're busy in the Ukraine. They're also busy in Syria. Um, Iran is, you know, keeping the flow of weapons and drones and rockets into Syria. Turkey is about to begin a military operation in northern Syria as well. They are all very much invested in Syria. And if Israel will ever hurt Syria, if Israel will ever destroy Damascus, as Isaiah 17 suggests, which, by the way, it's something that never happened before. Isaiah describes a city that is utterly destroyed. Damascus is the oldest standing city in the world. So we were definitely going to see that happening, uh, you know, not too long from now. But my point is this. The struggle is not necessarily between Hezbollah and Israel. It's between Hezbollah and its own government. They are not allowing their government to sign any deal with Israel. Their government is well aware of that. They don't know what to do. Lebanon is in bankruptcy right now. If it was not for Qatar, America, France, um, they wouldn't be able to stand. They, 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 there's no public transportation sufficient enough so that the French are sending buses uh, 
the Americans are sending funds and help to the Lebanese army, and uh, Qatar is fueling the Shiite axis there. So you understand that um, we are having that situation right now in, in, in the north, and uh, from what used to be a territorial dispute on the ground, now it's territorial dispute in the sea, and it's surrounding the gas rig of Karish. So we've got Iran already having enough uranium for five bombs. We've got Russia bringing more and more st uh, troops to Syria. And we've got um, the Israeli energy becoming the hot issue right now. And if you think that uh, Hezbollah uh, is not enjoying uh, the immunity uh, of the Russians, kiss that thought goodbye. The Russians, the last thing Russia wants is to allow Israel to become a major player in supplying gas to Europe. And they know that. Uh, Europe is dreading the coming winter. Europe is still not ready to be weaned uh, off uh, the Russian gas. Not ready yet. They have no clue what they're going to do in this coming winter. And even if Israel will, will send something, it, the facilities, the infrastructures are not there yet. When we, during President Trump's uh, uh, era, when we suggested to start the East Med pipe all the way from Israel via uh, Cyprus and Greece all the way to Western Europe to Italy, it's the Biden administration that put a, an end to it once they enter the White House. And now... Take a look at what is going on. They wish it was already in place to be a very fast alternative to the Russian oil and gas. So there's a lot of stuff that is going on. But one thing is for sure, and I will conclude with that. God is on the throne and his plans are being fulfilled. As all these shenanigans from Lebanon side and Syria and Iran, all that are going on, we continue to get more and more new immigrants from Ukraine and Russia, but also in the last 24 hours, even from Ethiopia. And this is uh, an amazing fulfillment of the prophecy of from the book of Isaiah uh, about how he will bring them back from the four corners of the world. And uh, God is on the, you know, on the move and he's doing that. You see, he is doing that while the nations are trying to figure out what they want. God is still on the throne. And when the time will come and when they will try to come against Israel, God will intervene. Now, someone once asked me, Amir, Israel is no saints. Why are you defending them? <laughs> I'm not defending them. I don't think we are saints. I think everyone must repent. But I do think that God is the one who promised that he will not let them be destroyed. So if you've got a problem with that, talk to him. Because even throughout the Ezekiel war, you can clearly see that it's God's intervention that is stopping the destruction of Israel. It's not our military. It's not the wisdom of our government. It's not the wisdom of our politicians. It's only God. It's actually going to be a supernatural victory that has nothing to do 
but anything that we can and will be doing there on the ground. We're talking about earthquakes, we're talking about brimstones, we're talking about godly intervention that will defeat our enemies on the mountains of Israel. So, if anything, God will defend Israel for his own name's sake, not for Israel's sake. The Bible says that in, in, at the very end of chapter 38, uh, that he will do that, that the nations will know that he is God. This is our God. He fulfills his promises. He, is, he cares about his name. And he wants the nations to learn from the way he handles Israel, with the way he is dealing with Israel. And he wants them all to know him. And how do you know him? The only way you can know him is by knowing his son, knowing the Messiah. This is the only way. I just released a Bible bite about knowing the unknown God. You may want to watch it. So again, let me... Uh, Remind you to follow me on Telegram, folks. All the news, all the videos, all the maps, everything is on Telegram. Nobody is telling you those things. This is our, my Telegram channel is the largest news channel from Israel and Middle East. Uh, and so take advantage of it, that you have boots on the ground and download. Let me maybe conclude with this video so you can know how to even get it, okay? Join the Amir Sarfari and Behold Israel channel on Telegram. Here you will receive daily updates and audio messages from Amir. You can also take part in our community and reply with comments. Getting started is easy. Simply download Telegram from the App Store, then visit the Behold Israel Telegram channel in your browser. From there, click Preview Channel, then click Join. That's it. See you on Telegram. Now, for those of you from the Nashville area, five minutes ago, we opened the registration for the Awaiting His Return Bible Prophecy Conference in Nashville on, uh, I believe it's uh, September 26th. I believe so. It's going to be a Saturday evening. And in Nashville, registration began five minutes ago. Go to our website, click on the registration, go there now. Space is limited. It's only about 1,800 seats. And we've got tons of people from all over the South that wants to visit. So hurry up. Go to BeholdIsrael.org, our website. Click and register to our Nashville um Awaiting his return conference. Uh, there you go. I'm excited next week to go to South Africa. We've got full houses everywhere from Cape Town through Durban and Bloemfontein and Port Elizabeth and, of course, Pretoria and Johannesburg. We're so excited about it. Pray for us. Um, and uh, again, sign up, folks, for the Nashville conference. And until then, God bless you, thank you, and allow me to conclude with the ironic blessing. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmerecha, Ya'er Adonai panav elecha v'yichuneka, Yisa Adonai panav elecha, v'yasem lecha shalom. The Lord bless you and keep you.
the Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance towards you and give you peace. B'Shem Yeshua, in the name of Jesus. Amen. So again, Nashville awaiting his return conference. Uh, the uh, sign up online registration began seven minutes ago. Go to our website, beholdisrael.org. Sign up. See you there. Thank you. God bless you. And shalom.